and said that he wanted me to dress up for the finale. So here we are. I am a wizard for the finale. Just call me Fatagas the Brown. <laughs> Welcome to the What's Up Already podcast. We fashion ourselves television judge and jury. <laughs> What's so fucking funny? <laughs> my name's JJ Crowder. I'm here with my co-host, Max and Heiner. <laughs> yeah. Better red than dead. <laughs> and Alec Burgess. <laughs> Let's get it. <laughs> uh, uh, shit. I just want to get it out there. He's not here yet, but he better be. <laughs> I hate you, Charles. I hate you. This suit is so hot, and you can't even see most of it. Like it's 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 hot. JJ, why don't you tell our listeners why you're in a a wizard getup today? Yeah, a few episodes back, we were doing lives, and Charles, our uh, Patreon, he's our patron, uh, he paying customer, got on and and said that he wanted me to dress up for the finale. So here we are. I am a wizard for the finale. Just call me Fatagas the Brown. <laughs> yeah, dude, seriously, like, you know how hard it is for fat kids to find costumes? It, it doesn't work. Like, I'd show you, but I'm not standing up. So, it, but yeah, it doesn't fit very well. But hey, it's there, you know? So I did what I said I was going to do. And yeah, it's going to be a miserable hour. Let's make this the shortest <laughs> episode we've ever had of our live show. Um, with that, let's talk. We're here to talk about Rings of Power, um, and then later on we'll talk about the <laughs> Charles says the great and powerful Kahuna. No staff, dude. It was hard enough finding this shit that fit my ass. So no, there's no staff. <laughs> this was uh, this was a difficult uh, find, and I am really hot. So yeah, but thanks for that, Charles. Um, yeah, so let's talk Rings of Power. Um, the finale, it's done, it's over. Spoilers uh, inbound, so if you haven't seen it, yikes. Now's the time to not listen any further. But um, I have issues, but overall, I, I enjoyed it. I have some concerns. I, I don't want to say I have issues. I want, I want to say I have concerns. That's what I have. Um, but before we get into those, let's talk about what the episode did well. I thought it was a great culmination of what we've seen over the last seven episodes. I, I thought there was a, a little bit of everything. We've set up season two in a lot of different ways, in, in some really interesting ways, in my opinion. There, there um, was a wizard. There was a wizard. Uh, <laughs> it was introduced, and we know exactly who he is now. Um, it, at least those of us that have some deep cut lord. Shut up, Matt. That God, this thing's hot. Uh, they have some deep cut lore. Those of us that know that know that we are now dealing with uh, uh, Gandalf the Gray. The Gray. Um, yeah. So that's who the stranger is. Though they did try to throw a curveball. I did laugh at Alec. He sent me a text. He's like, "Uh, this is bullshit." <laughs> <laughs> like 12 minutes into the episode he's like i don't like where this is going <laughs> yeah they, they had me like, fooled with their sauron thing and yeah. i was like dude you three have to be the most incompetent little cronies ever well and i yeah and they were so, so cool and menacing i know and it turns and then, out they're just like the three stooges yeah and then they weren't and, and i think the only thing about that that concerned me was at the end when he like dissipates them like you that you get to see them in like 
moth form. Yeah. Well, not even not only that, but before that, you see them on the other side of the the veil or whatever you want to call it. Like you saw in the Peter Jackson trilogy with the the ring race. And so I was like, that's interesting. You'd think someone that is on that side of it could tell that, you know, he's not. Sauron. This isn't the dude you're looking for. <laughs> yeah, like, come along now. <laughs> yeah, that part was. Uh, uh, I'm, <clears throat> I'm with you there. Yeah, I mean, visually it was cool. I liked it visually. My hat's falling off. Visually it was cool, but it, it you know, it gave me concern for with these kids. And I guess, I mean, they were pretty incompetent because they got wrecked pretty quick and pretty easily. So, I don't know. But that was like my least favorite part was that we had this setup with these menacing characters following, and then, yeah, there we are. Oh, Charles has got a great point here. He said, "I thought that it couldn't be Gandalf due to the big time difference in the book." Yeah, so did we. That was my next concern. Is and okay, and let me say this with concern. Um, I get why it's Gandalf. I really do. I understand. And you know, as 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 a lore nerd, and I'm no, I'm not even on Alex level of lore nerd here on this particular topic, but I'm still a pretty deep lore nerd for the Lord of the Rings. And understanding that, I go, that's not, that can't be Gandalf, even on a truncated timeline. You're in the wrong age. But at the same time, I understand that he, they didn't write this show and they didn't produce this show only for nerds like me and Alec. Like they have to make money, they have to get viewers. And so one way to do that is to introduce probably the most popular character in the Lord of the Rings because he well, he was one that carried over from Lord of the Rings to the Hobbit trilogy. No matter how you feel about that, Sir Ian McKellen is amazing and he played Gandalf amazingly. So I do understand why they're using this well-known character and give it because it brings people in that wouldn't come if there wasn't some tie to people that they knew because as it stands other than Galadriel which is a very different version of Galadriel than we saw even in the trilogy they don't know anybody I mean Elrond sure but he was in the trilogy for a minute so it's it's like you have to be careful and you have to be able to draw people that aren't deep lore nerds like me and Alec so yeah I'll, I'll say this like I know enough about Lord of the Rings but I I'm an in very edge nerd an edging nerd i don't know for lack of a better term like <laughs> i wanted to get there wanted to get there one of my favorite Sorry. songs that came out this week is uh edging by blink 182 nice. uh nice. but um uh, i don't mind that it's it's gandalf like it could be someone else um but i'm just entertained like i sure. mean the culmination of how this all came together and where we're going like I'm pumped. And for me, what they they gave and how they set it up, that's all I'm looking for. And I know and I if this was like a The Way of Kings, it's a very popular book uh franchise that's gonna be like seven to ten books. If they did this in truncated timeline and changed some things, would I be more pissed because I know everything? Probably. But because I don't, I'm just so happy and I'm just excited what I'm seeing, like the twist in this episode, how we're we're getting to the point of a story that I do know pretty well and the build up to it. I'm loving it. Um so I guess I'm I'm more of the if if you guys are on like the super nerd scale more towards the middle, and middle me is very happy. Yeah. Well, and I'll even say that fringe me, like deep cut nerd is pretty happy. 
there's just I just had a thing. Charles had a great point that I need to segue into, and that is this broadcast just took a huge turn. Edging. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we know Charles is all about it with all the weird stuff we watch for him. <laughs> yeah. No, I will say that I do think keeping with the edging theme, I think they might have shot their uh, shot a little early with the whole uh it, <laughs> Sauron <laughs> reveal like <laughs> Uh, because I think they could have revealed um, Gandalf as the stranger, the stranger as Gandalf, and still carried some. I would have liked to have seen Sauron's secret held on to a little bit longer uh, and into season two. Now, that's not to say that I'm, I'm poo-pooing what they've done. I think that there's still some cool things that they can do with season two and Sauron, but I would have liked to have seen them hold on to at least one giant secret because right now, both of them that I was like, what's going to happen are who is who they're gone. And we know now what there is. So there's no more twists for the most part available. There might be some, but they're not going to be as big, but that was my only, but again, I don't mind the reveal. I don't mind how it was revealed. I don't mind the change to how brand versus, uh, Oh my gosh. Anatar. Anatar. I, I'm okay with all of that because I understand that too. It's the same principle as Gandalf. You can't just drop in a, an elf, uh, you know, this beautiful elf that's helping Celebrimbor and not have us go, yeah, I know who that is. You know what I mean? So you have to have some of that for deep cut nerds to not go, Oh, I know exactly who Sauron is. So I really liked that they made. And now that I've seen it, I went back and I was watching previous episodes and i was like oh man they just hand it to us on a silver platter i'm like how did i miss all of the comments and things that he said and did to to catch it and we talked about it one episode alec you and i were like it could be him because of a couple of things like he might be doing the double trick on galadriel wanting to stay in numenor but i also like the play that they've put on with kind of like the penitent sauron because there was a time during the Selmarillion era and the unfinished tales era where he talked about after Morgoth was destroyed, he didn't want to keep being that big of a dick. Right. Like, so he was like, I, I want to, he wasn't trying to say, I want to be like, you know, a great hero, but he was trying to say, I'm okay. Not being just want to live a simple life. And then now he didn't try that hard, but there was a piece of that that Tolkien talked about. So I like that. What's Sauron's motivations? Why did why does he why does he why does he want to enslave Middle Earth and rule? Because he wants to bring peace. Yeah. Is he is in, peace in through Christi- strength in yeah. Christianity? Is he their Tolkien's version of Satan? Uh, in a way, yeah. Like him and Morgoth both. It, it, it was about yeah. For them, it's about. I can make sure that everyone lives in peace because they'll live how I tell them to. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Cause that's what I, I'm learning more of Sauron's backstory. I was like, okay, it seems like this is what Tolkien is trying to refer- reference in. Sounds like the nerds agree. Yeah. And JJ, I just want to say everything you said, I just totally couldn't listen cause you're wearing a wizard hat. So <laughs> every time you move it, the brim flaps a little yeah. bit and, and Charles, yes, there's probably a good chance that we'll oh, yeah. have a TikTok video on edging. <laughs> now let's not be premature. We don't know exactly what's going to be happening on TikTok. Okay. 
Oh, it's the freaking line that just keeps on giving, man. I'm telling you. So um, I have a yeah. question that I want to ask um, Alec. In terms of these three rings, well, I understand their purpose to an extent, but I know we have to get more rings. And now that Sauron is known, I'm just curious. I thought the rings and the creation was going to still kind of happen later, but then it just happened this episode. I thought it was... It, I'm curious now how do how do we think we're getting the the human king rings and such because I feel like the cat's kind of out of the bag. It's a little bit. Uh, so Sauron goes and makes the rings kind of in secret, and then goes to the men and the dwarves uh, without the elves knowing about it, mm-hmm. and tells them about the rings. Uh, the elves keep their rings and they keep them out of Sauron's influence, but they don't do very much to help the other races. It's kind of like the elves are for the elves. So, and it leads into another question. Explain to me, the elves know that Sauron could do something with these rings, but because they keep them in-house, and when you say out of his influence, how do they do that when Sauron wanted them to make these in the first place? I think it has something to do with the fact that it was Celebrimbor. I think they do something extra with the rings, add extra layer of protection. I don't remember exactly what Oh, is it, it the whole, the three, where if they didn't come with the three, because he said one corrupts, two divides, three provides some sort of balance. So if they didn't add that third aspect, that third ring, maybe it would have done what Sauron would was hoping. So maybe they kind of thwarted his plans in a way. I, I'm a little sure. bit. That's pretty on point. Yeah, and in the end, it was... Like Alex said, it's my understanding too, and I don't remember the exact lore on it, but my understanding too is that because Celebrimbor made them from start to finish, there wasn't any magics that were in place that allowed them to be controlled by the One Ring. The difference between those and the Nine and the Seven is that uh, Sauron himself makes those, and so he makes them so that they will be enslaved or at least controlled in part by the one ring so why then he knowing that that was probably going to happen why have them and give them the suggestions to make the rings because if the elves disappeared only made his life even easier well we say a little bit in the show is he gets found out so he's gotta take a hike yeah so i guess if he maybe if he didn't if gladrid didn't realize that his okay i got it so he kind of got his plan was thwarted in in a way got it okay yeah, and he would have stayed and hung out because the one thing about him that they really – I like the way that the guy that plays Halbrand played it was he does have mad respect for Celebrimbor. Like, because Celebrimbor is – and they they kind of don't show it very well in this show. That's one issue that I've had is Celebrimbor kind of looks like a knucklehead <laughs> half <laughs> the time. But I get that that's part of the storytelling. It's hard to the scenes would be wasted if they spent showing him being as cool as he actually is. You have to take that exposition for what it's worth and understand that he is probably the greatest Smith on the planet at, at the time. Mm -hmm. Now Sauron has some massive skill as did Morgoth in their ability to Smith, but, and they did have a a, a mutual respect for Celebrimbor and what he was able to do. So I liked that he was a giddy school kid when he walks in, he goes, you're Celebrimbor, oh my, you know, and then they start working together and he's all pumped and figuring things out together. Cause that's when I've read the Silmarillion and I've read the notes and all the appendices and stuff like that. Like that's the feeling that you get is that they really enjoyed working together before it came to light what was going on. 
So I really liked the way that they played that, but yeah. And was the being found out, was that true to form in terms of what was written, like to an extent, or did they embellish that? They took their own storytelling liberties, right? Because the Southlands isn't really a thing. So they took this story of the Southlands, this broken line of kings um, for Galadriel to kind of connect the dots. In reality or in the lore, it was just that they kind of, uh, you know, caught on to his idea and his plan and he let slip a couple of things that he shouldn't have and they're like oh wait a minute we don't really trust you um and he had to kind of take a hike yeah get out of dodge <laughs> I, I quite like that and that actor plays Halliburton like he was so smooth and and you could it, it's funny JJ mentioned that you could once I realized, yeah, it's confirmed with him. I've seen of all the things that he said before. And the one that stuck out to me was uh, Galadriel when she's like, I've never seen a smith like wield a blade like mm-hmm. that or something. You're like, uh, yeah, obviously, because that's Sauron. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Amongst other things that um, I'm sure he kind of said and did along the way. What I really liked with this show, kind of seeing everything go back, is how much... And it's kind of mentioned, but how much Galadriel protect, projected her own kind of hate, thoughts, feelings on to Halbrand as Sauron. And he kind mm-hmm. of is like, I wanted to stay in Numenor, right? You saved me on the raft. I didn't want to go to the Southlands. You made me do A, B, C, D, and E. This is all your fault. It's true. Which is, which is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Because uh, it plays into the... You know, Galadriel's this vengeful kind of warrior archetype. And, you know, if she had just gone to Valinor, none of this would have happened. Yeah. So it was very well played by the showrunners. Well, that's, yeah, it's a question I have because if she had gone to Valinor and, and Sarn was on that ship, like, what what was going to happen to him? Wouldn't, wouldn't he die? I mean, I'm sure he would have landed somewhere. But I think but, he would have tried to keep himself hidden. Here's the thing is Sauron was never going to keep himself hidden forever. Like he just doesn't have it in him to live a simple life. It's just not who he is. But eventually he would have run into some sort of land or died maybe. So it was, it was kind of by chance they ran into each other. But then he obviously had to see this as an opportunity and he kept kind of playing it out and it kept playing into his favor and he just kind of let it happen to an extent. And that's pretty true to the lore as well. Sauron's the biggest opportunist out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That guy piggybacks his way to some, some success oh, quite man. often. I, I think what's hard for like the more the middle line person that's seen the Lord of the Rings that's maybe re- read the books like a person like me is my viewpoint of Sauron is just he's either the eye or he's this big bad warrior that doesn't look like a human being or mm-hmm. acts or probably feels like a human being. So seeing Sauron be, be a in human form, have emotions and such, it's hard for me to wrap my head around, which I, I'm liking it, but it's hard to, because I think you just, I look at Sauron as someone that's very black and white. It's wants evil, destruction, takeover, warrior thing. And the this other side of it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, which is fun for me to kind of dive into that. But uh, it's hard for me to wrap my head around. Yeah, and a lot of that's kind of deep lore stuff. Because when we see Sauron in Lord of the Rings, we're seeing endgame Sauron. He's lost his ability to kind of shapeshift into his fair form, they call it. Um, at this point, he's just fed up with everybody. 
um they're so he's just out for blood and in the second age like jj was saying it's a it's a different sauron in a lot of cases so i i really like what they've done with it Mm -hmm. and his whole character and his whole story it's awesome and yeah i mean i had my own problems a little bit with the show but i was thinking about it and i was like i bet it's just the showrunners being nervous Mm. they're tackling tolkien and they know it's going to get ripped to pieces so anytime I was thinking about this the other day and I went back and watched a couple episodes, I was like, I bet they were just scared out of their mind. And we see these little blips, or these little hiccups that don't make sense or don't connect. Well, so they just did an interview. You should go read it. Um, they just did an interview after the season ended where they talked a lot about. And the one thing to their credit, like they knew going in, people were going to shit on the series because you can't. Now, look, I, I'd like to say that us Tolkien fans aren't the same as some of my other fandoms that I'm a part Star of. Star Wars. Like Star Wars. Where it's, yeah, I mean, where they're, I mean, they can be super... They, they, yeah, it's toxic, and it's ugly, and it's gross. I don't think Tolkien fans that are as bad, but I think there's an element, just like with all of them, because I've seen some YouTube videos and, and articles and comments that I'm like, you guys are weird. Like, this was a good show. Like, it was interesting, and... They said we knew it was we were going to have people that hated it. He goes, and all we were trying to do was find a way to balance the people that liked it and people that were with people that knew what they were talking about, kind of knew what they were watching and didn't know what they were watching really at all. He goes, and to do that, we had to make some changes and we had to make some truncations. We had to make things a little different. And he specifically mentioned the Halbrand thing versus Anatar. You know, he said there's certain things we want to try to keep some intrigue to this show, but. You just don't know, right? So I, I think to your point, though, Alec, I mean, you could tell that they were like, yeah, we understood the the massive weight of what we were doing. And so we just we just decided we were going to do what we were going to do and hope that it worked out. So I, I respect it. And like I said, I really I enjoyed the show. I thought it was really cool. Once I had my timeline question answered, I enjoyed sure. it, too. Those first sure. couple episodes, I took a steaming dump on it. But Yeah, I was pretty mad. <laughs> <laughs> After they let me know what was going on, I was like, okay, I can get behind yeah. this. And it yeah. ended really well. Yep, I liked it. Um, I will say there's a couple things I'm looking forward to. They kind of hinted at, hinted at the Black Numenorians, which I'm very intrigued by. Um, uh, and seeing – the only thing, I, again, I'm not a huge fan of, and this is nitpicky as hell, is I don't yet understand why they gave Elendil a daughter that didn't exist in the books anywhere and how – she's going to play into this. I mean, I'm sure she'll be a foil for Elendil himself and the queen uh, regent, but it's, I, I don't know. There's a lot of things that are left over on the Numenor side, but I'm really excited that we have now that division and, and we'll probably see some of the black, the black Numenorians, which with the, the sigils that were hanging from the boat, I thought that was great. Um, I got really excited. I was like, Oh, I don't know what that is. So, so sorry. Why are they, why are you excited for, Numenor is going to have a civil war. Yeah. It's probably where second season. Uh, okay, because I could see they showed that the politician that clearly he he did not, clearly did not look happy. And it seemed like, yeah, even me, I could start to see there was a divide, but I didn't, I guess that's written in that there's a civil war, which sounds dope. Yeah, it is. It's really cool. Really cool. So, um, 
And what about his cylinders? He's just going to stay underneath the hut the entire time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was surprised he's they didn't at least in Mordor. I thought we, I thought we would have gotten like a yeah, like a like yeah. a little flash hint or something. But there, I mean, there's something Jay, where you don't really we don't know where he's at. Sure. So that's a, a reveal and such. Uh, but yeah, I thought we were going to get like anything. Yeah. But I thought we'd get at least something. You know what I mean? But who knows? I, but yeah, I mean, that's the one thing about a Seodor is, I mean, we know he comes back. So unless you're going to mutilate the the cannon, we know he comes back. So there's a difference between tweaking it a little bit and cutting, changing maybe, it. Maybe he's going to get tough, cut the tougher. Ring off of freaking he's going to get tougher thing. in the wilderness because right now he's a, he's a pussy. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, Charles sent us one last question. I think it's a great one for us to use for us to wrap up uh, talking about rings of power and then. Uh, we can jump into House of the Dragon. So here it is. Uh, Charles, curious what y'all thought of the season overall. If you'll be re-watching season one a few times before season two drops. Latest news is, yeah, this was going to come out too. Season two might not be out till 2024. Um, that was another thing that was in that article that with the interview is that they talked about they haven't even started production um, on season Bro. two. Uh, you know, so it's probably going to be a, a Westworld type situation where we're a couple of years between episode seasons instead of one year. Um, I'll start and then let's just go around the horn. Uh, I overall really like the season. I thought there was some, I'm with Alec. Once I understood the timeline ish and the fact that they were going to truncate and keep everything similar, but make some changes for television and for the sake of storytelling, I was okay then I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm interested to see where uh, Galadriel goes. I think they've set up based on this whole Sauron and her having this realization that she's been helping Sauron this whole time, uh, even though her goal at the beginning was to destroy Sauron. Like, that's been her whole thing this whole season. It makes sense to me as a way for her to become the Galadriel we know in the books and the trilogy where she says, look, I don't want to screw up like that again. So I'm going to just rule in the as an elf queen. I'm going to create Lorien, whatever it might be. I'm sure we won't get that right out of the gate, but I can see where that leads us down that road over the next four seasons that they have planned. Um, yes, I will probably – I've already started rewatching season one because I was curious once the reveal of, of Sauron and Halbrand, I wanted to see what I missed because they talked about the fact there were tons of hints throughout and already in the first three episodes i'm like holy shit like there's a lot that i was like damn i should have figured that out subconsciously there were so many damn hints so i'm excited so yeah i'll probably watch it finish re-watching it as i have been and then i'll probably watch it like i do westworld before um it starts up the whenever season two is released so that's me Matson, what about you buddy yeah i read my mind i'll, I'll go we can bookend it with our our resident L-O-T-R nerd. Uh, mm -hmm. For me, you've already heard it. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I don't know as many of the deep cuts and things, uh, but it's just, it's cool to see some characters that I knew to an extent, but also in a very different way. And then characters like um, Halibrand that's supposed to be Anatar and such that had no idea what who they were going to be, but a character like, as I just talked about before, Sauron, that I know motivations and some things, but the backstory is just extremely intriguing to me. I'm really excited about uh, Adar, who we haven't really talked about that obviously wasn't part of this last episode, but I'm very excited to see how that rolls in, how Sauron Halbrand like overtakes the Southlands, AKA Mordor, what that looks like. Was that part of the plan? Or is, as you guys talked about, Sauron's very opportunistic and realizes, Hey, this fits what I'm trying to do. Sweet. Um, 
I'm excited. Visually appealing. The music was great. The acting was top notch. Um, one of the best TV shows, especially for a first season that I can think of really ever. I mean, there's, as you talked about, so many, just such high standards for this show, even for someone like me that knows enough about Lord of the Rings, wasn't sure if it was going to be that good. And they really delivered. I'm excited about season two. I definitely uh, will rewatch this. I'm not going to go back and rewatch it right now. We watch enough things right now that uh, I will wait. And definitely uh, when season two does come out, unfortunately, maybe t- not until 2024, which is far away, I'll definitely rewatch for sure. Sweet. All right, Alec, bring us home. All right. Well, that makes three that enjoyed it. Nice. Um, overall, it was pretty good. I do think that if they're going to do like a two year gap in between shows like Westworld, they have to up their game. This isn't as good as Westworld, in my opinion. Um, But it is their first season. They were tackling a monumental task of, you know, trying to build on Tolkien's works. Uh, Left a lot of questions unanswered for me personally. Like, is the Balrog actually awake or is he still sleeping? What's going on with the the elves and trying to, you know, stay? Is it, are the rings going to be enough? What are they planning there? And then why is Gandalf going east? They don't go east in Middle Earth. Um, so a lot of little questions for me. So I'm excited for, um, you know, season two to hopefully answer them. Um, I am a little bit concerned, I guess, that they did so much in season one that now we may not get, you know, more of like Durin and the dwarves until the end of season two or maybe even season three um, because they have so much storytelling that they have to do now. So I'm excited for it. I'm looking forward to it. I will be watching it again multiple times before uh, season two drops. So, yeah. Shoot, I, I hope we just get a spinoff of Durin and the Dwarves because oh, that dude, whole story dude. intrigues me. Hilarious. Loved it. <clears throat> yeah, there was a lot. Like, we didn't even really touch on, like, we talked about Gandalf and we talked about uh, that that piece of it, but we didn't really talk about Nori. I liked the way that their story ended, too. Um, and then we didn't, of course, talk about Durin because we didn't see the uh, the dwarves in this episode but uh yeah lots to talk about and i didn't even think about going east you, you don't go east that's not that's not where you go yeah in middle earth so why is that because there's nothing to the east that's where all the cults of mordor morgoth and sour oh yeah are. i'm thinking about it east, yes. easterly yeah yeah yep. and gandalf doesn't even have a name over there so yeah that's what's the, the place i don't even remember the name of the rune rune that's right rune yeah it should be interesting it's not a fun place to be the east but it's a cool it's cool because we haven't seen it before it's true i'm excited to see it uh Uh, one other is legolas alive in this second age Mm -mm. no he does he's born until third age Mm -hmm. okay i did like that we saw the uh the wood though what's the oh the green the green Greenwood, oh, the, yeah, Greenwood. I was like, "Yay, that's awesome!" Anyway, uh, yeah, well, there it is. Uh, that's Rings of Power. I, season's over. That's two shows we don't have to watch next week. I don't know what we're gonna do. We're, we're gonna so much like a nice, time. take a nice break for a minute for some of this stuff. But oh, yeah, like yeah. we're. Uh, but I, you know, this one I'm actually sad to see go. Unlike uh, She-Hulk, where I was like, "Thank God, this one I'm, <laughs> I'm actually sad. I wish we had another one or two episodes." Uh, left in it but uh, overall really good um but now 
it's time to shift gears. Uh, stick with us. If you've been watching live, hang out. Uh, we're going to move over and start talking about House of the Dragon. Um, so keep that in mind. We're going to do the little video to transition through for editing purposes and when we edit these down to single videos. But uh, <laughs> Charles, thank you for tuning in, buddy. He says, thanks for your words of wisdom, Kona. <laughs> God, I can't believe I wore this shit. Anyway, um, it's too hard to take off with like the 15 second video that we're going to play. So I'll still be in it for uh, House of the Dragon. Um, but in, before then, I think it's Alex's turn. Alex, tell everybody oh, where they can find us, man. <clears throat> Thank you for tuning in to the season finale of Reigns of Power. We will be back with season two in 2024. Yes, we will still be around. In the meantime, we are still going live for Andor on Thursdays at 5 p.m specific so tune in there for more wackadoodle content we appreciate the support of our wonderful listeners and the best way to help us grow the channel and corrupt more innocent bystanders <laughs> is liking the episodes and commenting where you can uh, we are on every major platform except for only fans but if you want us to set up one of those feel free to slide in our dms last of all the edge most importantly like thank you to our amazing patron jj screaming goats right. your mother was a hamster and your father smelt of elderberries but we still love you uh, if you guys enjoy the content we put out and would like to more directly support us you can find us on patreon and by joining there you too can be a, re a recipient of slightly insulting yet hilarious call outs uh <laughs> what was your verdict on rings of power let us know in the comments below back to you jj sweet thanks alec with that we appreciate you tuning in we'll catch you on the next one Whoa. bye cinemagic out <laughs>